doing what works for them is the right type of marketing. They don't have to do everything. Like do it for a little bit, be consistent about it, and then test it. Test your results would be like my biggest piece of advice. Awesome. I love that because that's what we tell people when they ask questions like, what website platform is best for me? You know, whatever. And it's like, well, it's the website platform that you're going to feel comfortable with going in and updating. You're listening to The Brands That Book Show, a podcast for creative entrepreneurs who want practical tips and strategies for building engaging brands, crafting high converting websites, and creating reliable lead generation systems for their businesses. I'm your host, Davey Jones, co-founder of two agencies, a brand and website design agency, Davey and Krista, and the digital advertising agency, Till Agency. And I ask questions so you can find answers. This week's episode features marketer Jennifer Stats of Stats Solutions. Jennifer and her team manage the marketing for realtors and brokerages across the country. And I just love chatting with business owners from various industries because there's usually just so much that you can glean and appropriate when it comes to sales and marketing. Just so many things that you can take and apply to your own business, even if you're in a different industry. So today, Jennifer chats with us about how businesses should approach crafting a marketing plan, and in particular, how developing power partners can lead to consistent referrals. As always, links and resources can be found in the show notes. Check them out at davianchrista.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review over at Apple Podcasts. Now, on to the episode. All right, Jennifer, welcome to the Brands of Book Podcast. Thanks for taking time out of your day to uh, record an episode with us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So we typically start most of our interviews with guests just hearing a little bit about them and about their background. So we're going to dive into, you know, really just how to create and execute a marketing strategy, uh, which is something that mm-hmm. you do for other businesses, realtors in, in particular. And so mm-hmm. we're going to dive into that. But first, maybe just uh, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your business and how you got started. Yeah. So my name is Jennifer Stats. I own a company called Stat Solutions, and we run the operations and marketing of real estate brokerages and teams nationwide. How I got into that, I got my real estate license when I was 20, and I figured out I was really, really good at the marketing and operations side of it. So I did that full-time for someone else for a few years and we decided to move to Colorado Springs and I decided I was not going to work for anyone else anymore. So I started Stat Solutions and it took off. We currently run operations and marketing of 20 brokerages and teams nationwide and it's a whole lot of fun. Wow. Yeah, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine that. That seems like... (laughs) So many different, I'd love to hear a little bit about how you're able to manage, you know, that many uh, different markets, you know, are there similarities across real estate markets? There definitely is. I mean, the basics of it are the basics, like operations is operations. Marketing is generally marketing. I think probably one of the most fun or unique parts of it is that because realtors all do business so different the marketing strategy is so different across every single one of our clients because one might be focusing on like online leads, whereas the other person is doing marketing to kind of market to their sphere of influence. So we really kind of go into each of our clients with a very unique marketing plan because some like to make cold calls, some don't. 
So that's where we kind of pivot per market. Yeah. And it's so interesting because like we, so I run it or I help run an advertising agency and, you know, so we manage a lot of different clients, but typically we're managing one aspect of their marketing. You know, it's, it's advertising or paid advertising. I'd say hundred percent of our clients are on Facebook and Instagram. And then, you know, we have varying degrees uh, or varying percentage of clients on other platforms. But mm-hmm. to, man- to manage somebody's entire marketing operation and all the different ways that you can market a business, that just seems kind of insane. Yeah, maybe, maybe I am insane. I don't know. <laughs> it's fun. I mean, when we're meeting a new client, we're really talking about, you know, their budget, you know, because we can't, we can do a million different things, but each client has a different level of affordability. Each client, some clients are willing to be on camera, some aren't. So we really go into it from like the get-go and really just try to figure out, okay, you're not willing to be on camera. This is your budget. This is also your goal. How can we kind of like massage that and make it work for them and their clientele? Yeah. Well, that's awesome because at the end of the day too, I mean, there are a number of different marketing strategies out there. So it's great that you're working with clients to figure out, you know, where their strengths are and, you know, doubling down there. Mm -hmm. When did you start realizing that the marketing piece was the piece that one, you were good at, and two, that you felt like you could help others with? I mean, it's funny because I was total self-taught marketer. A couple of the clients that I originally worked for my full-time job, they kind of just didn't have anybody else doing it. And I saw, I kind of just had time to play with it and figure it out myself, take a few classes. And I realized I've always been very creative, crafty. I've always been into that stuff anyways, but I started playing with it and I'm like, oh, I like this. I'm good at it. So I started doing it a little bit more at scale. And then when I had a few more clients come on, they also gave me the opportunity to kind of mess with various things and kind of beta test things. So kind of learn as I I went. And then I would start seeing results and I'd have clients that were really happy with what we were working on. And And I now have a team. So I've added on some layers of the places that maybe I don't know how to do video editing and stuff like that. So we've kind of layered on where I might fall short. Yeah. Yeah. And how'd you make that transition from, I guess, just being a realtor, right? And, you know, I I didn't mean, I didn't mean it the way I said it, just being a realtor, but, you know, (laughs) going from being a realtor to Mm -hmm. focusing just on the marketing side of things, like at what point did you realize, oh no, this really over here is what is kind of giving me life? Yeah. I mean, so I actually did both for a while. I would run the office during the day and I would still sell at night. I've always really enjoyed selling. It's been something I'm, I'm also good at. I continued that on. And as I grew stat solutions, I actually still was selling when I moved to Colorado Springs a few years ago. And finally, I just, we had gotten so busy at stat solutions. It was not realistic for me to be out of the office anymore. And so I kind of made the decision to just stop selling, mainly because I wanted my sole focus to be Stat Solutions moving forward. My husband was actually calling real estate my side hustle because he was <laughs> like, why are you still doing this? It's taking you out of the office. You're working weekends. And you know, part of that too was that I had built this company that I, I work less than 30 hours a week. I take Thursdays off. And real estate, you can't do that, right? So I really made a decision for like me and my family and my young kids that I would stop selling and like really just wholeheartedly go after stats. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I mean, I I know a number of realtors and I'd say that, you know, across the board, one of the things that, that I hear is that marketing is 
the biggest pain point mm-hmm. that a lot of them like the relational aspect of it. A lot of them like the just sort of, just sort of uh, varied days and freedom that comes with being a realtor. But mm-hmm. I think marketing, I think for a lot of businesses, just sort of the hard part. So, yeah. you know, tell me a little bit about how you found your first few clients and, you know, I guess what your current marketing strategy looks like as well. Yeah. My first few clients were, I had a few that were word of mouth. I, I knew a few people. It was really a lot of networking, just kind of putting the you know word out that I was going to do this thing. And I was kind of at the point where I wasn't even really 100% sure that like a virtual marketing operations manager was going to be something that could really bring me full-time work. And the feedback was very, very quickly that it was. So I actually, you know, a lot of it was networking. I actually started with some just like online posting. I already had a very large realtor network. So that's where I got my first couple of clients. And my current marketing strategy is we do, we still do a lot of working. A lot of power partners is really a big one for us. And then we're doing a lot of just visibility. So really our in stats, it's much different than our marketing strategy for our agents, but within stats, a lot of it is just getting the word out so people know what we were doing. And we end up with a, a, a lot of referrals and a lot of clients coming in that way. Yeah, that's awesome. I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you, or whether you do anything to help generate uh, referrals from word of mouth, but you mentioned something to power partners. What's that? Yeah. So we have a lot of power partners and a power partner to me is other business owners that we both know what each other do. We're maybe in the same markets and we generate a lot of referrals for each other. So Mm. in the real estate space, obviously we can be very, very niche in the fact that, you know, a realtor might need a transaction coordinator, a marketer, they might need a photographer. So, or, and there's a lot of vendors as well in like the tech sense. So I've built up a lot of referral partners or affiliate partners over the last few years where I send them a lot of business. They send them to me because someone will you know, be sharing that they're having issues with their marketing and they'll go, oh, you call Stat Solution. So that's been a big one for us. You know, we do, and then we do all the other things. We do blogs, we do some YouTube that's brought in kind of a lot of stuff just with SEO. So kind of a wide variety of different things we've built over the last couple of years. Yeah, that's awesome. I know you're active on social media. As far as all of those things go, you know, YouTube, social media, and then, you know, what you're calling power partners. What do you think brings in the most amount of work? Definitely our power partners, but I look at it almost in layers. So because we have content across all platforms, I would say that by the time someone jumps on a consultation with me and they've kind of Googled us and they've looked us up, we've really built up a lot of credibility there too. So although they'll come from a you know power partner, they've already watched my YouTubes and stuff like that. So by the time they jump on a, a consultation, they already know what we offer. They trust me. They're like, I'm ready to hire. And I'm like, oh, okay. I don't need to go through the whole spiel. They're like, no, I don't. (laughs) Yeah. I I think that's like one of those things where, because I'll talk to a lot of people and one of the questions is, or I talk a lot of people about marketing, of course. And one of the questions I, I typically get is like whether blogging or, you know, things like that are still worth it. And I think that's one of the like more under-recognized aspects of blogging. You know, it's like, yeah, so maybe they don't even hear about you from your your blog, even though, you know, as you suggested, there's probably SEO benefit or there could be, you know, SEO value in producing written content. But let's say that's not even mm-hmm. part of your strategy. 
It's like the people who have heard of you that want to come and check you out. They aren't quite ready to, to inquire, but you're, you've basically been able to shape the way they think about what you're going to tell them or what you're going to sell them before ever getting on the phone with them. And so I think yep. there's just so much power in that. Talk to me about YouTube a little bit. Do you, is that yeah. something that you've like naturally gravitated to or something that you've, no? <laughs> no. no, no, I mean, I would say when we first started, we got busy really quickly. So there wasn't, I didn't really focus on YouTube for a while, but probably about two years ago, I really kind of said, you know what, I'm going to give it a try. All the, every realtors on social media, they're in front of the camera. So we really started to try to make a little bit more of an effort as far as YouTube goes and as far as social media. So that was definitely not something that came naturally to me. Like being on camera was not something I was like, oh, I'm great at. But we just kind of tried it and realized it was so beneficial and just took a little bit of practice to do. And, you know, now we kind of have some videos that explain what we do. And so I can kind of, you know, push that to clients if they have questions. And so it saves me time too, because they, they can watch the video instead of me talking them through it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And do you feel like the, the videos have produced fruit even beyond just educating clients? Yeah, absolutely. We have a couple of videos just like about what we do, or we have a couple of videos that, you know, we're interviewing different people as well. So they just, they come up, they're shared. I'll hear random people. I watched such and such video. I'm like, that was from a year ago. Like, that's amazing. So yes, they, they definitely have produced various things. And we've got some, you know, some of our blog posts too, that we did a couple years ago, I'll randomly get like signups off the bottom of it for like the download. And I'm like, oh, wow, it's still, it's yeah. still like producing stuff. Yeah, yeah, probably something that took maybe a few hours to, to create years ago, still yeah. pushing leads years and years uh, later. That's yeah. awesome. I'd love to chat a little bit more about Power Partners, and maybe this leads us into kind of what steps you would recommend businesses take in developing their own marketing strategy. Because mm -hmm. I think across, it doesn't matter what industry you're in, there's probably other businesses that complement what you do that aren't necessarily directly competitive with you, but work in the same market where you can create some sort of mutually beneficial relationship. Yep. And I think it's one of those things, I don't know what it is, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's just a matter of, you know, being shy, or maybe it's kind of undervaluing things that you can't really do at scale, right? Like building relationships at scale is hard, but I think it's one of those things where it's like, you know, if people would, would put the effort in, in building those relationships, they would see a lot of fruit. So like, how would you recommend people build power partners in their own industries? Yeah, this is actually one of my favorite things to talk about with other business owners, because it's so just underutilized and, and people don't even think about it. I'm doing a little bit of business coaching now. And like a, what I talk with, like a lot of some of these other entrepreneurs is they'll tell me like what they need. So like the other day, I think I was talking to a photographer and she's like i need business you know my current database isn't really my ideal client anymore i want to start doing events i don't know how to do that i don't really want to be all on social media and i'm like well if you want to be in events who do you know that puts on events or who do you know that would already be servicing your ideal client and she's like oh well you know i know all of these 10 people and i said call those 10 people and make sure they know you want to do events. She's like, and I was like, that costs zero dollars. 
and they might be able to introduce you to another 10 people that might become clients. Now, all of a sudden, that's a hundred introductions that you have. And she's yeah. like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go do that right now. I'm like, it's so funny. And she's like, well, how would you do that if you don't have a connection? And I just tell her, I've done it a million times where I'll see someone. So for me, like a, a great power partner would be like a real estate coach. I want real estate coaches to know what I do because when their client is talking about their issue, they can say, well, I have this a great solution for you Call Jennifer. So I would just reach out to coaches or I'd reach out to vendors and I, I would just basically say, I just want you to know me. I'm not asking for anything. I just want you to know me. I want you to know what we offer. So if it makes sense for you to make an introduction, great. So it was like very unsalesy, very low pressure. And you know, some people would ignore me and that's fine. But then some people would take the call and they were like, I didn't know that what you did existed. That's yeah. amazing. And then I've built relationships. You know, they send me one client, it goes really well. Then they send me a couple more, and, you know, and then I want to send stuff back if I can, if it makes sense. So I would tell all business owners, like right there, just make sure that people know who you are and you're telling other business owners what you need. Yeah. And right there, you can build some relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's one of those things where it's like, for whatever reason, sometimes when we start something new, uh, especially it's like, we just kind of hope, well, if we put it on our website, people will find it. And that's not necessarily all the, always the case. And I'd say even from people like copywriters, we work with a lot of copywriters because we're, you know, branded website designers. And when a copywriter reaches out and says, hey, listen, you know, I have spots open in my schedule. You know, it's like all of a sudden they're top of mind, you know, especially if we've worked with them before and trust them. But we have copywriters reach out in all sorts of ways, you know, to start building relationships. And then likewise mm -hmm. with them, you know, and just trying to have, you know, I had a copywriter reach out this past week and just said, hey, listen, I'd love to get your collections because we'd love to, you know, refer people your way. And it's like, that's such a nice thing. And that wasn't top of mind for me. But of course, in my response email, I was like, hey, I'd love to do the same for you, you know? And so now there's just this relationship and this, you know, mutually beneficial two-way street all because someone decided to mention something. Yeah, so simple. Yeah, so simple, right? <laughs> So as far as like creating a marketing strategy though, are there other steps that you feel businesses should take in developing their own strategy? Yeah, I mean, we do this with all of our clients and, and I think sometimes people are putting the cart before the horse. So, you know, with real estate specifically, and when we're creating a marketing strategy, I'm always just kind of backing into it a bunch of different ways. I'm saying, okay, this is what you want to do. You want to, let's say we want to farm a neighborhood. So we want to like send out postcards to a neighborhood. A lot of agents will just be like, oh, well, I just, I'm going to draw a circle around this neighborhood and I want to send postcard. I want to send postcards to all that, those people. It's going to be a thousand dollars. And I'm like, okay, but then after you do that, then what? Oh, that's all I was going to do. I'm like, they're not going to call you off one postcard. Yeah. So you need to create an entire strategy behind it. And I want you to come up with a plan that you can do for six months. So, you know, I want you to touch them twice for six months. And now let's back into it. If your entire budget was $1,000, that's going to be a much smaller area. So I usually go into my club with my clients and we kind of create a more long-term plan that we can keep up with because I hate seeing people just throw money away and they just tried it once. You know, they did one social media post, they did one YouTube video and they're like, but it didn't work. And I'm like, cause you weren't consistent about it and you couldn't keep it up for a long period of time. 
And then the other side of it is it needs to be trackable. Like mm. there has to be something in whatever they're doing that you're tracking if it worked. Are you tracking your website activity? Are you tracking what happened on social media? Do you have a QR code on those postcards that are you can track? If you don't, you're only tracking the fact that you didn't get a direct lead off of it, but you have no idea how many people scanned it, how many people clicked on it, all that stuff. So is it tough convincing clients to take sort of that multi-step approach uh, to things, or are they mostly pretty okay with that? I would say when I explain it to them in that way, that like you're most likely not going to get a response off one postcard. Because sometimes with marketing, you're not always just looking for a, one lead, you're building your brand, you're trying to get in front of them. So you want to build that consistency and that trust. So yes, I can have clients that are like, well, I want to do it. I'm like, okay, but I'm telling you right now that based on my experience, that doesn't always work the way that you want it to. So I would really rather that we build a really strong plan that you can have multiple touches going out. So generally, I feel like my clients generally listen to me because I don't want to waste their money. I mean, I'm like, fine, I'll waste your money for a few if you want to, but you know, I want you to be successful. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as far as like evaluating the marketing strategy, are there certain things that you consider sort of along the way that are a success even beyond somebody like getting a new listing or something like that? Right. I imagine Mm -hmm. for a realtor, it's like finding houses to, or getting listings is probably bottom line. Uh, what people want. But I imagine that like similar, we have a lot of photographers that historically have listened to the podcast. And for them, you know, I think especially for wedding photographers, it's probably something similar where it's like, when I decide I'm going to sell my house, there's probably a pretty short window of time in terms of like Mm -hmm. when somebody's going to make a decision for a realtor. I think maybe the advantage uh, that realtors have is that, you know, you might sell multiple houses in your life. Right. But whereas like, hopefully you're only getting married once, but regardless, right is getting like an email address. Like, is that what you're typically trying to do? Like what is, I got to imagine that getting listings specifically, that could be hard to track. So is there any intermediate um, metric that you track? Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with that. I think getting, sometimes I, I do try to explain to my clients that sometimes that marketing strategy that you're working on isn't like you, let's say you've got some Facebook posts or something. It's very unlikely that someone is going to message you on Facebook. So, you know, it came from the Facebook post, Mm -hmm. but they might see you on Facebook, go to your website, read your blog, put in a contact form on the site. Right. So there's sometimes like I get, have clients get frustrated and they're like, well, my YouTube's not producing anything. I'm like, but you can see how many views are on that video and it's increasing every day. Or we've had a couple clients with blog posts that are super evergreen. So we can see every Halloween, because he's got this amazing Halloween blog post, every Halloween, he's getting some unbelievable amount of views. He's not getting a client directly off of it, but every Halloween, he's building his brand. It's very local. He's got a bunch of people seeing his name. So I think there's a few different ways of seeing success in marketing, right? Obviously, getting a listing or something, you're like, oh, wow, it worked. But for like, if we're tracking like a QR code, I sometimes take success as just seeing how many people actually scanned that QR code or, I mean, getting an email address is ideal, but 
I take success in a couple different ways based on what we're really going for. Are we, are we trying to build our brand? Were we trying to do a lead capture? Like what were we doing on that specific piece? Yeah. Yeah. And I would say like most of the businesses that I can think of off the top of my head that would be considered successful businesses, at least the outside looking in are businesses who invest in creating content, just everything from blog posts to YouTube videos to, you know, podcast episodes on a consistent basis, because, you know, to your point, right? Like when somebody is ready to make that decision, they're often going to go with whoever's top of mind. And, you know, so if you've given people a reason to be top of mind on a consistent basis, that goes a long way, I think, in one, demonstrating that you're, you're competent to people. You know, I think that's one of the best or one of the best reasons for creating content on a consistent basis. But also, again, just, just to stay top of mind. Yeah. What about in educating clients in terms of like conversion rates? You know, I have to imagine, and again, I don't, I've, you know, I don't think I've ever done direct mail marketing. You know, one of the things that I was surprised to learn, this was years and years ago, I was talking to the CMO of a big tech company and I can't remember where he came from before, but I want to say it was maybe a credit card company or something like that. I was joking around. I think about like just all the junk mail I receive. And he was like, Hey, you know why that works? And I'm like, you know why? He's like, because it generates, you know, X, Y, Z, billions of dollars, you know, each year, right? It's like still one of the most effective ways of marketing. And it's like, oh, does anybody read those? Well, you know, just at scale, like the percentage, you don't need a huge percentage of people to actually read that mail, right? And I just remember being shocked at hearing that. And, you know, as we teach people about email marketing, you know, I think people are surprised to hear that, like, you know, an open rate of 50%. I mean, that's a pretty high open rate for an email list. Yeah. How much education do you have to do around conversion rates, even for like, you know, scanning a QR code, I have to imagine, and again, just to guess that you're probably seeing less than 10% of people actually scan a QR code on a postcard. Yeah. It's hard because each of our clients are in such different areas that I can't say this is average for this, right? Because depending on so many different factors, there's so many different factors. I'm like, well, if you want to put the extra money into a, you know, nice card in a nice linen envelope with a nice stamp, you're going to get a higher open rate than you would a postcard. Because when we open our mail, we generally throw the postcards out. So there's, there's different layers of me educating that different things are going to have better open rates or better click through rates. A lot of that can depend on budget. It can depend on their list too, right? Mm -hmm. Like if they've already obliterated their email list and their email list doesn't like opening their stuff, it can be a little bit different, but what we kind of do is we're just constantly tracking. Like I will say, okay, this postcard we sent out had X amount of clicks. The next one had X amount of clicks. We're keeping an eye on it on every single time, you know, even like with our emails, Mm -hmm. our open rates going up or down, you know, and what are they clicking on, you know, that type of stuff. So we're constantly talking about that to make sure that the client is educated on the differences in content that way they can make an educated decision on how they want to move forward too. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, is there anything else that we didn't hit on in terms of, I mean, obviously with marketing, we could probably record 10 episodes and not get through everything we'd want to say about marketing, but is there anything in particular that you really wanted to chat through? I mean, I think just for business owners to just really realize that doing what works for them is the right type of marketing. They don't have to do everything, like do it for a little bit, be consistent about it and then test it. Test your results would be like my biggest piece of advice. Awesome. I love that because that's what we tell people when they ask questions like, 
what website platform is best for me? You know, whatever. And it's like, well, it's the website platform that you're going to feel comfortable with going in and updating. You know, it's like, yeah. there's so many great website platforms out there. It's like, what are you comfortable? What platform are you comfortable in? Because if you chose a platform mm -hmm. that you're not comfortable in, but somebody told you that this is the best website platform, yep. you're not going to update your website and it doesn't really matter. So mm -hmm. I really, I mean, I think that advice is just uh, so spot on. Yeah. Well, awesome. yeah, Jennifer, thank you so much for your time today. If people want to follow along, maybe we have realtors listening and they're like, oh, I just need somebody to take this off my plate. Where can they go to learn more about you and your services? Yeah. I mean, they can always go to our website, statsolutions.com. And it's easy to get a hold of me on Instagram. My Instagram's pretty easy. It's Jennifer the Realtor. And other business owners can reach out too. Like I love giving just kind of a couple, you know, little tips and giving some feedback to kind of help people skip a couple steps. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thanks for tuning in to the Brands That Book Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, and sharing this episode with others. For show notes and other resources, head on over to davianchrista.com.